0: I'd like us for a moment tonight to turn to Jeremiah chapter 29. And uh, I'd like to address something tonight that I partially addressed um, on a Facebook post that I made this morning. Um, I want to tell you that um Every single one of us. Will at some point. Experience tragedy. Right. Tragedy. Is a part of. The human condition. Right. Think about Jesus' life. At some point, we don't know the story, we don't know how, we don't know when. At some point, he lost his earthly dad. Right? He faced for the first time, maybe not for the first time, but um, as as a human, loss. Tragedy. If we have the idea that the uh, job of God is to protect me from tragedy, then we we have placed on God a false job. Right? It is not God's job to protect me from hardship. Now, I want to I wanna preface my remarks by saying I thank God for miracles and signs and wonders, and I thank God for healing and provision and for authority in the Spirit. I thank God for the joy of the Lord that is our strength. I thank God for the grace that is upon us, amen. I thank God for bringing me out of darkness into his marvelous light that I should show forth the praises of God. I thank the Lord that I was once a child of hell, but now I'm a child of God, amen? I thank God that my outlook, what my, the only hope that I had was a hope separate, it wasn't hope at all, it was, it was a life, a eternal life separated from God and that no longer is, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Linda's excited about all that. I don't know if anybody else is or not tonight. But uh, I, I wanna tell you that in the midst of all of that, we are God's people, we are chosen by him, amen? We are grafted in, to the vine of Israel who was chosen by God. All the promises of Abraham are ours. Hallelujah. All the promises of the word are ours. They're yes and amen in Christ. Glory to God. Your inheritance in Christ is everlasting and eternal. It cannot be taken away from you. It will never spoil or fade. Hallelujah. Uh, Everything that God has prepared for you belongs to you. I feel like going on and on and on about all that. However, on this side of eternity, we are going to face tragedy and hardship. Uh, Raise your hand if you've never faced hardship. Come on, nobody's got their hands raised up. You've walked through junk. You've walked through junk. And it doesn't take long to realize, you know, you become a Christian, start from the day you became a Christian. It doesn't take long to realize that God does not spare you from being touched by junk. It still happens, and it happens because of my own failure. It happens because of the failure of other people. It happens because sin is in the world. Amen? It happens. And it's going to continue to happen. And if you base your thinking about who God is uh, by what you see and by what is happening in the earth, you will get a misconception of who God is. Because if you're going to say, well, God, you're only good if you protect me from tragedy, then you are going to misinterpret God and you're going to say, well, God's not good. If you're going to interpret whether God loves you or not, based upon whether you go through hardship or not, you're going to come to the conclusion that God does not love you. And that's a mistake, and it's a lie that the enemy plants inside of people. If God loved me, if he loved me, he would keep me from walking through this. If God loved me, he would have healed my family member. If God loved me, I would have not been mistreated in that way. And those are seeds that the enemy puts inside of people to misinterpret God and cast blame on the Lord for the tragedy that happened in your life. And we've got to see these things through right lenses because they're going to come. 2022 uh, it might have been great for you so far, but and I'm not speaking curse over you, and I'm not speaking a lack of faith, but we don't know what tomorrow holds. We don't know. People in Ukraine, this time last year, were going about their business. They don't know what tomorrow holds. And in these end times, there will be wars, difficulty. And don't think that because you live in the United States of America that it will never touch you. That's not the case. We have no idea what's going to happen here. There's been times, if if you just go by what you read and watch on the news, that you might think civil war is about to break out. You don't know who has pointed what at this soil. And I don't say that to scare anybody, but I do say that to say, hey, we've got we've to just trust in God. We don't know. We don't know. And so I want to I go back to Jeremiah 29 and I want to set the stage here because, because this was a stage of tragedy. Okay. Uh, the, the, the picture is this. Nebuchadnezzar had come as an evil dictator. And he did what Putin is trying to do right now to Ukraine. He, had, he actually did that to Jerusalem, to Israel. Actually, Israel had come under judgment for their disobedience to God. They had quit serving God. And their disobedience... Uh, to the Lord led to the judgment that that came Nebuchadnezzar but ne in an earthly from an earthly point of view, Nebuchadnezzar came, fought Israel, overcame israel and uh and won an incredible battle and then nebuchadnezzar an a wicked evil king who later had an encounter with God, but at this point he was wicked and evil, and he uh, he murdered many of the Israelites. He didn't want to take them all back as slaves. The refugee slaves, he didn't want to take them all back. Many of them had been murdered. Many of them had, had been uh, abused and mistreated. And the ones that were chosen for the king's service, for servanthood in, in the land of Babylon, um, they were deported and they were taken to Babylon. Now, there were a few Jewish people that were left in Israel to take care of the land, but most of them were taken to Babylon. How many of you would say that's a pretty tragic time? That's a time of tragedy, and I want to tell you, there's innocent children involved. There's babies uh, that grew up without their parents, and one one such young man that was deported, anybody know his name? His name was Daniel. Daniel deported. He's a, young, he's a young man, probably a teenager at that point. His parents had most likely been murdered by Nebuchadnezzar or died in the battle. Maybe his father died in the battle. We don't know, uh, we don't know the story of Daniel's father. But there Daniel is serving in a land that's not his own. And the amazing thing about Daniel is that Daniel is able to process it all without hardening his heart toward the Lord. That is powerful. That's powerful. And so you can read the story of Daniel and you can read it with that backdrop knowing what Daniel went through. And then you see how he was faithful to his God, even to the point of death. And it makes his story come alive, okay? So we're in, now this is right as the uh, deportation was happening. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar had won the battle. And now let's look at verse, uh, chapter 29. This is the text of the letter that the prophet Jeremiah sent from Jerusalem to the surviving elders... Among the exiles and to the priests, the prophets, and all the other people Nebuchadnezzar had carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. This was after King Jehoiakim and the queen mother, the court officials, and the leaders of Judah and Jerusalem, the skilled workers and the artisans had gone into exile from Jerusalem. He entrusted the letter to Elasa, son of Shaphan, and to Gamariah, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to King Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon. This is what it said. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Now, I find it interesting that God says, I carried them. We're we're in the midst of war. Nebuchadnezzar won the battle, and God says, I carried you. But I lost my parents. I carried you. But we're not living in a land that's ours. I carried you. Isn't that awesome? And some of you have testimonies like that. I lost my parents when I was young. I carried you. I went through a horrible divorce and I was mistreated. I carried you. Isn't that awesome? Woo! And in this tragedy, God says, I carried you. That changes Everything in how we perceive what is happening. Think about the Ukrainians that are exiling right now. They're, they're, they are in Poland. They are in the Netherlands. They are in the surrounding nations. And they're saying, I lost everything. But I'm telling you that God is involved even in this tragedy. And God is carrying people. Hallelujah. He is sustaining them by his grace. This changes how we perceive it and how we pray for it. God is involved. Thank you, Jesus. And so he tells them that these are the surviving ones. These are the ones that were allowed to live he tells them build houses and settle down plant gardens and eat what they produce marry and have sons and daughters find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too might have sons and daughters increase in number there do not decrease and now look at verse 7 also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Ooh, that's powerful, friends. He is saying this this place that you're in, in a foreign land, you're not where you want to be, but seek the peace of that city. Seek the peace of the place where you are because, and then he then he goes on and and uh and he says uh as it prospers as the place where you are prospers you too will prosper that's an incredible promise friends because after tragedy you might not like the place where you are and you might be tempted to say if if, if Jehoiakim the king had fought better, I wouldn't be in this place. And you can, you can crawl into bitterness if you want to in the place where you are. And you can say, woulda, shoulda, coulda. It's their fault. It's their fault. It's not my fault that I'm here. I have a right to be angry or You can do what God says and you can say in the place you find yourself right now, believe God for his peace, his shalom, hallelujah, his shalom, which is not just a good feeling, it is a wholehearted, hallelujah, it is a total vessel, peace, body, soul, and spirit, hallelujah, it is the the shalom of God, seek it where you are right now. Bless the territory that you are in right now. Bless the relationships that you are in right now. He's saying, the place that you're in right now, you can turn it into a place of prosperity. Because you might think you're exiled, but God still thinks you're a nation changer. God still thinks you're a city changer. You long for a home, but God wants to transform this land that you're in. And not only for your own good, but for the good of other people. This is powerful, isn't it? (laughs) Daniel became the second most powerful man in the nation because he did this praise the lord take the same command what did god tell tell abraham what did god tell adam and eve multiply what did he promise abraham that he would multiply and what did jeremiah tell the exiles to do in the foreign land multiply The command in the land that you're in now is the same as at home. You continue to do the work of God in this new land that you occupy that you don't like. You continue to walk in obedience. You continue to do everything that God's called you to do. And you do it wholeheartedly. Now listen. Verse 8 want to just say this. There is nothing new under the sun. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and the diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. Nothing is new under the sun. There were... Prophets prophesying what they wanted to hear. They were making promises from the Lord. No, this is not the end. You're you're not going to be defeated. You are going to dwell in the land. You are going to stay here in Jerusalem. And they were having dreams, but they were not dreams from God. Jeremiah's prophesying here having heard from the Lord. They're prophesying lies to you in my name I have not sent them declares the Lord. In times of exile or tragedy when your life has been turned upside down that's the time to turn your ear away from man and to the Lord. Hallelujah and say, God, what are you saying? Don't run here and there trying to to hear a, a, a word that will make you happy in the moment. God may give you a word that you like, but don't chase a word for the sake of liking it. We want to hear what he has to say, amen? We want to hear what the Lord has to say. We want to have ears that hear what God is saying even in the midst of tragedy. God, what are you saying? That's what I want to hear. And then he says, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. I want to jump here to Daniel chapter nine. In verse two says in the first year of of the reign of Darius, I, Daniel, understood from the scriptures. According to the word of the Lord given to Jeremiah, the prophet that the desolation of Jerusalem would last 70 years. Imagine that. Jeremiah prophesied it would last 70 years. Now Daniel, when he went to Jerusalem at the beginning of the, uh, of, of, actually when Jeremiah first prophesied it, he was a teenager. Now he has lived in Babylon for 70 years. And he's reading the scripture. Perhaps it was a copy of the very letter that, that Jeremiah sent to the exiles in, in Babylon. And he was reading that very letter. And he had already called it the scriptures. He knew this is a word from God. And he understood in that moment the 70 years are up. Now he's, now he's a, a man that's close to 90. Think about that. He's close to 90. And he hears, he, he reads this scripture and knows the word of the prophet is about to be fulfilled. And so, you know, he doesn't just say, oh, it's, it's just automatically going to happen. What does he do? Verse 3, so I turned to the Lord God and pleaded with him in prayer and petition, in fasting and in sackcloth and in ashes. And he prayed. And he prayed. I want to tell you that God's word is true. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Brother John Harkey coming in here and giving you a word. And you, after a year, saying, oh, I guess that word wasn't from God. But then 25 years goes by in your life. And suddenly, you pull out, or or, 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 on your Facebook page, pops up the 25th anniversary memory of John Harkey being there. And you listen to it, and then he prophesied over you in that meeting. And God knocks on the door of your heart. And he says, now is the time for the fulfillment of the word of God. I'm not saying that that John Harkey carries the same weight as Jeremiah, but this is how the prophet, the prophetic works. Right? And and so Jeremiah uh, was gone. He was gone at this point. He was with the Lord. But Daniel is saying, God, you said. You said. And because of this prophetic word, Daniel prepares, begins to prepare the exiles for the return to Jerusalem. I want to go back to Jeremiah. Because this is the verse that Most of you have sent in a graduation card. How many of you have said, hey, this is a verse for my life? It's not really a verse of immediate happiness. This is a verse that carries a 70 year promise to it. It's as if you wrote in your graduation card, hey, The promises of God in your life are going to be fulfilled, graduate, 18-year-old. They're going to be fulfilled when you're 88. But you keep trusting in God. Think about that. But God is speaking to a nation, not just an individual. And he says, I know. The plans I have for you. I'm not going to leave you in Babylon. This land of exile that you're in, God is not going to leave you there. God has a place of promise for your life. He He is going to bring you back. 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 Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Daniel opening up this promise, reading it, saying 70 years, and then reading afresh and anew as a a near 90-year-old man? God has good plans for me. God has good plans for me. I'm, I'm going home. I'm going home. And then you wonder why Daniel prayed. Look at the next verse. Then you will call on me <laughs> and come and pray to me. you come and pray to me. And I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord, and will bring you back to the place From which I carried you into exile. Thank you, Jesus. When the Lord says, I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. He means what he says. But please, don't interpret that to mean that nothing terrible will ever happen in your life. It means that God will never forsake you. When you think that the devil has had his way and you're in a land, a place that you should not be, God is carrying you. And he will bring you back from the place of captivity. Thank you, Jesus. And so, Lord, we thank you for your word tonight. And there's some individuals either at home or here, there's some individuals that needed to hear this word tonight. That because of tragedy, you find yourself in a certain position. You might be alone for the first time in your life. Lord, there there might be people here that uh, because of a health thing that they've come through but they're not the same like Jacob they limp now it's not the same they can't they can't run the races they used to run they can't carry the loads they used to carry and they feel like they're in exile there might be people that have come through relationship difficulty even abuse and they say, God, I'm in this foreign land. I'm Not in the place of my future. I'm not in the place of my past. I don't even really like where I am. God, tonight I thank you that you are holding every one of us. And I pray in Jesus' name that the lies of the enemy would be cut off that would say things like, my God isn't good. How could he be good if, I, if this has happened? Lord, I cut that off in the name of Jesus. I cut it off in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, my God, my God, my God. Lord, I want to pray, but before I go on praying for those here listening, God, I, I want to lift up the Ukrainian believers right now in Jesus' name. The enemy is coming against them saying, if God was real, why is this happening to you? Whole cities have been annihilated. Many have died and lost loved ones. And devil, I, I just, I just cut you off from the Ukrainian believers in the name of Jesus. And I ask God that even in the midst of tragedy that they would feel you holding them in the name of the Lord. I pray God that out of, out of the, what is happening in the Ukraine that you will raise up Daniels. That you will raise up those with the spirit of Daniel that is after your own heart. No matter what is happening. And they might grow up the rest of their lives in foreign countries. But in that foreign land, you have prosperity for them. And I pray that right now, God, that the Ukrainian believers will feel your sustaining grace. God, many of them sick right now, many of them hurting, destitute, separated, without food, dirty, without the basic necessities of life but lord i pray that you will sustain in the name of jesus and god i pray for all of us here right now lord you're working you're working in some people right now to cause us to cause us jesus to trust in you to learn even in the midst of tragedy to keep our eyes fastened on you. You are our source. You are our comforter. You are our deliverer. We run to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Because Lord, we know if we'll learn this, then we won't have to wonder if you're really good when tragedy happens. We've already made that decision. God, you're good. And your mercy endures forever. And we hear the promise of Jesus. In this world, we will have trouble. But take heart. And that's the part, God, that you call us, God, as believers to walk in. The taking of heart. Take courage. You have overcome the world. And we take heart, Lord. You have overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, we see in the New Testament couple of years, um, about three years after Pentecost, three years after Pentecost, the church was still holed up in Jerusalem. They had not obeyed the Great Commission to go into all the world. They had not followed Acts chapter 1 that said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts. They were not eager to leave. They they had all things in common. They shared everything with each other. Life was what? It was comfortable. But God raised up Saul. and Saul didn't know it yet. But Saul began to persecute the church in Jerusalem. He began to put people to death, including Stephen, in Acts chapter 7. And a great dispersion took place. People died. People no longer had their homes. A great dispersion took place. But the Bible says that because of the dispersion, the believers went preaching Jesus everywhere. And I want to tell you that even in tragedy, God is working. God is working. God is working. Thank you, Lord. Amen. So carry that. You know, if you're listening to this, somebody in your life might need to hear this word. You might not need it today. You might need it tomorrow, but somebody that you know that you're thinking about right now needs to hear this word that God is carrying them, and he has not given up, and he is not forsaken, and he is not left. He is carrying you. And so don't be afraid to share that with somebody. Don't be afraid to take this message and and uh, and send it to somebody's messenger page. That's an act of kindness. God wants to release people from bitterness and anger. And bring them into relationship with Jesus. He loves them. Amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for. Being in a part tonight. And uh, those of you online, we will see you tomorrow morning at our Praying 3000 page at 8 a.m. Let's have an incredible rest of our evening. Sleep well. Amen. Blessings on you all.